Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But like, that was such a blatant attempt to give Canada an advantage that it's almost match fi- match fixing, which it's amazing. I guess, yeah, kind of plays out with Concacaf. So now I'm oh. answering your question here. There's a reason we always play at like noon in Mexico City. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we should just play the next one in Juneau, Alaska. <laughs> Can we do that? We still own Alaska, right? I missed that. <laughs> Does anybody own Alaska? Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. Uh, we are ostensibly associated with the Touchline Media Group. You can check them out and all of the Touchline uh, podcasts. I actually don't know what the name of the podcast like web is, but check them out at touchlinefraca.co.uk. They're pretty cool, uh, except when they mock us, which they did. Uh, tonight. Uh, we are, uh, my name is Asa Smith. I'm here as always with my uh, co-host Stumpy um, to talk about football and football. Um, one of them uh, is has made me sad as of recording and the other one will make me sad this weekend. So get excited. Uh, we are sponsored by a compendium and consortium of Blue Wire podcasts inserted advertisements, as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group for all of your business law, NIL, employment law, uh, family law needs in the states of New York, California, and Michigan, check out the Smith Workforce Management Group uh, at smithworkforce.com. We are going to get right into it with our erstwhile and regular surprise guest host, uh, Ben, and then later we'll be joined by uh, probably Jonathan and Nick. But I'm recording this before we record that segment, so we'll see. It'll be fun. Um, all right, let's get right into it with whatever the hell that was with uh, with Ben and Greg. How you guys doing? 
Have you ever yeah. gone back and seen how many times you've been wrong about who was going to appear on, the, on any given episode? Twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it seemed like that game was going to be awesome, and then it all kind of fell apart. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I eventually, I don't know. If, this is like super dating myself, I guess. But uh, as a kid, I saw bed knobs and broomsticks. And the only scene I remember from that movie is the two like goalies hurling the ball at each other. Like the elephant would catch the ball in its nose and like shoot it at the gorilla who would then catch it and throw it back. I kind of feel like that is what this game ended up being for a while. So yeah. feel better. I recognize that name. I could not tell you a single thing about that movie. And I, I am can, not that much younger than you. Yeah, I can tell you one thing about that movie, which is apparently there is an elephant and a gorilla playing goalie. There you go. <laughs> I always mix it up with that other one, like the, the supercalifragilistic one. Mary know, Poppins? That That's it. <laughs> yes. They're kind of like the same movie to me in my brain. How did you get supercalifragilistic, but not Mary Poppins? <laughs> oh, it's been a few years since I've seen that, Asa. Believe it or not. You've got children. <laughs> I know. We haven't shown them that yet. I don't hate them that much. Uh, interestingly enough, um, Mary Poppins holds a very dear place in my heart and Stumpy's heart because it's the core of one of my favorite jokes in Boy Meets World, in which um, Corey says that he has a dream in which he kills Sean. <laughs> Uh, by putting an umbrella down his mouth and then opening it. And he says, I marry Poppins, dear. <laughs> I feel like that should be like a, a Mortal Kombat fatality or something. That'd be so cool. <laughs> that would be so cool. And like, like, but it would, it would have to be a mod in which you have like Corey Matthews as a playable character in Mortal Kombat, which is in and of itself hilarious. I was going to say, that's, make that happen. A, that's an unlockable feature that you can do. Where, like, <laughs> And they break the fourth wall and look like directly at the camera. It's like, I'm Mary Poppins to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so speaking of uh, things, I, you know, I can't segue that. I don't care. Um, so, so there was a game. We're, we're recording this at um, uh, five o'clock mountain time uh, because that is the new home time of the podcast. Uh, five o'clock mountain time. So uh, America and Jamaica just uh, drew one, one, um, depending on how you want to look at it, it should have been much worse or much better. Um, definitely should have been worse. Uh, we'll talk about that moment in a second. Um, but uh, so let's, let's just get started with the the lineup. The lineup was basically um, Twitter's desire uh, outside of Scally. Uh, so uh, from the back, Stefan, uh, Yedlin, Zimmerman, Richards replaced Miles Robinson and uh, Jedi on the left. Um, then you had Tyler Adams. Dual eights were Musa and Busio, who replaced the suspended Weston McKinney. And then the front three was unchanged from the Mexico game. Uh, Pepe, Wea, and Aronson. Um, the Jamaica side, they, uh, that, yeah. What you just heard was actually my doorbell. Um, everybody knows I looked at the door and then I remembered I live in an apartment complex and I don't have a doorbell uh, so that was that was my house um, but so so I, I would say going through this like without without going step by step I mean is it fair to say that the first 20 minutes looked like this was going to be a three nil game if not worse Right. I mean, they were looking pretty, things were going pretty well. We scored that awesome goal that we had that next chance after that, where like basically two great chances got blocked. 
And then like the Antonio bomb and like, I don't know, the team just looked shook after that. Yeah. They never recovered from that goal. Um, and, and like, I want to get out in front of something like we made a joke at the very least in the group chat about Turner saving it. Maybe he does probably doesn't. That was a really, really nice shot. Um, but the reason that that happened is that Tyler Adams did the thing that Tyler Adams sometimes does. And I don't like to criticize him because I think that he's awesome, but he over pursues and like, he lets people cut back onto their, onto their strong foot, like consistently. Um, and that's what Antonio did here. And like, look, it was a great goal. I don't know how many strikers in CONCACAF pull that off. Maybe Jimenez, um, you know, Antonio was the guy to do it. Uh, and he did. And look, credit to to Jamaica. They should have had two. We'll talk about that later. But um, I, I don't know that we need to get super mad at Zach Steffen for not saving that. Right. And I don't like I'll have to watch it back again. But I don't think I'm even going to ding Adams that bad on it. Like generally, you like a guy has a crack from there and you're like, all right, good luck, buddy. It was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was 25 yards out. It's it's, oh. it's it was, seriously, that's it. I thought that was in the 30 to 40 range. He was out there. I mean, let's, let's say 30, let's say he was 30 yards out. Um, that was not, that's not a high percentage shot. That's a mm-hmm. yelling Kobe. And yeah, uh, right. especially from the, cor- he, that was an angle. He was like on the corner too. Yeah. And like theoretically, the goalie should be, especially one with Stefan's build should be able to cut off that angle. Yeah. I bet, I bet there's XG for that shot out there somewhere and it is not going to be high. Like oh. in four. It's like don't try this unless you are like name four strikers and that's about it. Well, right. it's like it's like in in football. Like every play has an expected, um, like every action has uh, estimated points added, and like a sack is negative points. Like that shot is likely going to get blocked and start a counter the other way. Don't take it. Yeah. Um, Shout out uh, to pod favorite Jacksonville Jaguars because Trevor Lawrence has been under expected. Uh, win added for like half of this season shout out to trevor lawrence um as always we need to talk about the jags uh talking about the jags um i'm not stealing another segment but (laughs) um that's that's an in joke uh so anyways so i wanted let's let's talk about our guys like look the fact of the matter is is michael zantone and wow i just i just went full uh full michigan state fan and called him michael d'antonio um so you uh, coach the Rockets and the Suns, right? Correct. Um, so Antonio, like he was good and he was a problem the entire game. I, you know, we can talk about uh, Zimmerman and, and Richards. Richards almost gave up a goal with a back pass that was real, real bad. Yeah. Um, that's that's a that's a minus two, right? Like that's. <laughs> well, that, that the, the right one. It's the uh, the one that Stefan just got to right. And yeah. Clear out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that wasn't great either. I just found the XG for the game. Game XG was 0.77 Jamaica, 0.58 US. So, okay. I mean, I couldn't find it for the individual shot. But, yeah, that's a pretty pretty good description of a, of a pretty and it, sloppy game. Yeah, and it doesn't include the inevitable 0.7 of that header. Right. <laughs> um, whoo. Whoo. Uh, so... Before we talk about that, I want to talk about sort of the the cool stuff that happened in the first half before it became not cool. So the, like the first half hour, I guess, um, the Antonio goal was at like 32, 33? Uh, 22. 22. So the first 20 minutes, never mind. Yeah, um, it was quick. So I, I thought that the, the team looked really, really good. Um, I, I do think that we need to talk about 
um, the fact that Yudis Musa does not have 180 minutes in his legs. No. Um, right. Well, and he's not playing much for Valencia. So, yeah. you know, he ran out of gas. Uh, and I, I think that it's like, it's sort of a testament to, um, to the fact that we, we have a, a real sort of issue with depth in the midfield. Um, and that's why I, so I, I, I don't remember. It could have been on this podcast. It could have been in a Twitter space. It could have been in a conversation, but I, I wondered like loudly, like, Hey, like maybe we should go with the three man back here because I don't know that we have 180 minutes from Yunus Musa and Tyler Adams and, you know, Busio going 90 means that, you know, whatever. So I, th- I think that, um, you know, I'm not going to ding Greg for the, for the lineup. I think that he played the best players he had, you know, I, yeah, Lejack got zero minutes this window. Yeah. So that could be a precursor of, you know, maybe Greg is going to try to find some depth in these next two, these next two camps. The best yeah. will be uh, relieved of duty for a little while. Yeah. Um, I, so I guess, I guess let's, let's just sort of like go guy by guy. I thought Yedlin had a, a bad game a mediocre game I, I didn't think he did anything like yeah. you know he he had one really really nice open field tackle um and beyond that like fine Zimmerman was fine yeah Zimmerman was rough in possession I haven't checked this yet but some guy kept tweeting about how uh Jamaica was leaving him open yeah specifically to try to make him play out and like there's just a lot of quite a quite a few like aimless long balls from Zimmerman so I think that that's a testament to, you know, we've talked on this podcast a number of times about like, is he good with his feet? You know, cause he was, he was making line breaking passes against Martinique and Haiti, but like, does that mean anything? And I think the answer is no. I think that, that he, you know, when the lights were on, um, you know, it's not necessarily a skill we can, we can rely on with him. Well, and I don't remember a ton of passing from um, Rob Miles or, you know, Miles or uh, Zimmerman against Mexico. They did a lot of good work, like stepping and pressing, but they did not do a lot of like building out of the back from those two, at least. So I don't know. No, I think, I think that Mexico was allowing the ball to get to Jedi and Yedlin real easy. And they, I thought, you know, I thought that they both did a very good job and that was borne out by, by your, your, your write-up. And I thought Jedi looked pretty sloppy this game too. He had quite a few passes out of bounds touches that were rough. I don't know. He did, he did not look sharp. He did not look good. Um, and, and, and the thing is, is that it was somewhat surprising because this is his level. Like the guys he was playing against are, are literally championship players. And he, that's, that's who he plays against. Um, so I like, it's not like a, like a talent thing. I, I, I don't know if he was tired. I mean, he went full 90 against Mexico and then, you know, well, I mean, this was just your classic trap game too. Like high from Mexico, you know, going to play a team you should probably beat. I don't know. I mean, if and if we know that, they've got to know that. But how do you how do you prevent that letdown? I mean, they played so well and got so high for not you know literally high, but well, <laughs> got, really, got really got yeah, really and whatnot. Um, got really up for Mexico. It, it, it was going to be tough to maintain that level against Jamaica. And honestly, if you told me pre-window, you're going to get four points out of these two matches, I would have shaken your hand and walked away with it. hundred um, percent. And I, I mean, I said to my brother, like my brother is not a fan of soccer. He doesn't watch. Um, and he was like, 
Okay, like, and, and he, he looks at it like, um, like he'll pay attention if America is good because he, he's not going to invest time in a team that doesn't win games. And so he saw, he saw the win against Mexico. He's like, should I watch? And I said, no, this is, right. this is, this is Purdue. Like and you're coming to off. To be of honest, sh- you probably can't watch. <laughs> well, that, um, but like I, I said, like, no, don't, don't watch. Like, like this is Purdue. This is Michigan state versus Purdue. You just beat your rival in a huge game at home. Now you, you, you know, you're number one in, in your, in your conference division, whatever. Uh, and you're going on the road against the team that, um, you need to take seriously, but you're not going to. Okay, cool. Great. That actually worked out as a perfect, uh, analogy. Yeah, it worked out except there was no, there was no Aiden O'Connell dropping 550 yards on. on I mean, there was Antonio dropping a 30 yard Galazzo. Good point. Uh, so Michael, Aiden O'Connell, Antonio for really going full on, uh, this branded podcast. So um, I'm looking at I'm just seeing a replay again. That goal looks like it's between 30 and 35 yards to me. Okay. So we're going to go with, with 33 yards out there. Like you yeah. said, that was a Kobe shot. That's, that's it's kind of like when, uh, you know, when Steph and Dame started taking shots from the logo and everybody was like, fine, let them take it, whatever. And then they started draining them at like a 45% clip. We're like, shit, now I have to play defense all the way out to half court. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Dame, Dame, who you can listen to on Courtside Fraca, the uh, Touchline Media Group's basketball channel. Uh, but Dame is, uh, he's a better shooter from, from uh, 40 feet than he is from 30. Yeah, it's really funny. He shoots like 46% from the logo and he shoots like 39% from the three-point line. It's, and it like, it makes sense from like a defensive standpoint, but whatever. Um, I mean, it was also, again, bolstered by the fact that for like three years, everybody decided to just let him take that shot. And if you have an open shot and you're an NBA player, no matter where you are, like your chances go up. That is I'm just watching this Antonio that. goal on a loop, but it's making me sad. I need to get rid of it. I was going to say, unless you're Ben Simmons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, so the defense, I think I thought, I thought Jedi had a, a, an atrocious game. Um, unfortunately for him, this podcast has some rules. Uh, if you have a nickname and you don't play well, you get demoted, for example, corporal Sergeant. And unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, Jedi you- back to Padawan. Uh, until the next window. Also, just so we're aware, it's not Corporal Sergeant; it's Josh Corporal. Josh Corporal, you're right. You're right. Honestly, he's lucky he's not Josh Privates at this point. <laughs> That's where we went to first, but we figured there was something between Private and Sergeant. Um. So Padawan Robinson, not great. Uh, if if another Howler, Youngling Robinson. Beyond that, we we might be getting into um. Like kid, the guy smothered in his sleep, Robinson. I was, I was going to say, what are we going to do, uh, Master Skywalker? Um, I guess he shot them in his sleep, but whatever. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, this is this is important. Uh, okay, so, um, so the the midfield, I thought, um, I thought, I thought that the midfield. Uh, played really, really well in that first 20 minutes. I thought that Busio, he grew into the game a little bit, but I thought his first half was like every, every criticism that people have of Sebastian Legette, Gianluca Busio played out in that first half. It's like every time he had an opportunity to play it forward, he sort of like looked, stuttered, played it back, looked, uh, played it back, played it sideways. Um, and 
You know, I, th- I thought he was okay defensively. I-, I-, I only saw him get little brothered like once. Well, and it looked to me like, so with Venice, he plays that like Mazala role, Mazala, how do you pronounce that? Which Mizala. as far as I can understand is like a, the word literally means half winger, but it uh, like is a wide eight essentially. And yeah. he kind of looked like he was trying to do the same thing, kind of like drop deep and wide and nothing really. I mean, with uh, Venice, he is occasionally able to play like a, you know, kind of like a cutting ball to, you know, that puts uh, what's Okarike or whatever that guy's name is through, but there was really nothing. I mean, there was a couple times where it looked like Aronson or Pepe had like had a lane, but neither one of them is fast. Yeah. So like when they matched up against the Jamaican defenders, even if the ball got played ahead, they were just going to get run down. So I don't know if you're going to play like that, maybe I don't know who's our fastest strikers, Ardos, DK. I don't know. Way up. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not an actual <laughs> striker, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's way uh, um, yeah. So, so I uh, and like more to that point, like like when he plays that super wide, that means that Musa needs to play like the for for Venezia. It's usually it's usually door parrots who plays that like super central. Like if you are going to play wide, I'm going to be on a string. Like come with you. Um, and Musa wasn't really doing that. Like he was playing where he should have been if Weston McKinney was in the game. And as as much as I love Musa too, his ability to hang out of the ball, like he really thinks he's not going to lose the ball. Yeah. Like, cause there's a couple of times where he does lose it. He's like, Oh crap. I, got, I guess I, that can happen. He just, he hangs onto it so long that he, uh, you know, eventually it's going to happen, I suppose. Uh, I, I know that I used the analogy for, for Sujinho Dest in a, in a previous episode, but I'm going to go with the Dwayne Robertson from, uh, from Mighty Ducks, the, the Texan puck handler, uh, <laughs> which, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'll say this about them. And then Acosta came in and I, I didn't think did anything positive or negative. He, he almost got into a fight. That was fun. <laughs> Um, which is like sort of his role at this point, I guess. Um, and so, so I think the thing is with Musa, like when Musa is fresh and engaged and has Weston McKinney next to him, I think that he is phenomenal. I think that if he is tired, if he doesn't have Weston next to him, and if he's not engaged, he's not significantly better than any other player that we have to put in the central midfield. So like, um, there's like this like concept that like, like in sports, like, oh, I need to gut it out for my team, but that's actually incredibly selfish. If, if your backups are better than you, like if your backups at hundred percent are better than you at 60%, then you gutting it out for the team is selfish. You want to be out there instead of having a, a backup who can do the job better. The problem is, is that I don't think we have a backup who can do the job better. Um, oh, I mean, we're, we're at 60 minutes of Musa. And then Acosta comes on to, to soak up the remainder of the minutes. Yeah. And I mean, he's got some physical traits you want. You know, he's got a big engine. He can run stuff down, but he doesn't have, you know, the, I don't know. He doesn't have the defensive awareness of Adams and he doesn't have like the, the ball holding carrying of Musa. So I don't know. He's just kind of there. Yeah. I mean, we, we need to hope that, that somebody, uh, somebody steps up in that midfield. Um, I think that, that it could be that you just have, you just have Reyna as the true fourth, eighth, fourth, eight, and you bring an extra winger or, and you bring Hoppy, like you bring Reyna as a eight slash winger. Hoppy's having issues. (laughs) Apparently he's he's injured and homesick and like the coach and him are having issues. I don't even know. He doesn't speak Spanish. 
right? Well, maybe think about it before you go to Spain, man. Like, I, 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 I don't understand how that didn't come up. And like, this is, I'm going to get a little inside baseball here for a, for a second here. But um, your agent, whoever your agent is, Matthew Hoppy, because Matthew Hoppy is 18 or 19. Whoever your agent is needs to find you a place where they speak English. If that's that big a deal and you're not, well, I mean, he was in Germany. You could, didn't he speak German? I, I think know. I think that 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 at Schalke when they've had years of American players there, like they probably have the infrastructure. Can you think of another American who played at Mallorca? Now Germany, Germany can uh, almost all of the Germans I've ever met uh, spoke at least conversational English. That's not necessarily true in Spain. I don't know where Mallorca is in Spain, but Spain also has kind of like a the U.S. kind of thing where it's super like regional pride is what like uh if you try and speak spanish to a catalonian uh (laughs) castilian spanish yeah they don't enjoy that even though it's spanish light so um germany might just be better uh prepared to speak english well and i also think to go back to the midfield this is kind of where the pomacall injury has really hurt like that kid you know i guess it was 2019 he looked like he was getting ready to push on to the national team and then just injuries have you know killed him and he's not I don't know he would have been had he continued on that upward trajectory he would have been a nice you know a, a, a midfield pool that includes you know Reyna at an eight Pomacall at an eight I mean maybe an uninjured Aiden Morris I don't know but uh yeah we need we need more options there because right now you've got what three and a half trustworthy midfielders yeah and I I think that that, that that's just sort of the game and we need we do need I I was huge on Aiden Morris. I loved Aiden Morris. Uh, him tearing his ACL in that in the in the, in the MLS final, yeah, final. Mm, I thought it was like the first or second game this year. No, it was it was a- the, it was it was the end of last year. Yeah. Um, while we look that up, uh, I think that that it's it's like, you know, we've got we've had bad luck with the guys um, at the eight, but we also haven't given a true chance to some of the up and comers who you know, maybe could do the job because look, if you're, if you have a roster spot for, for Acosta and a roster spot for Legette, you know, we've brought in Capus, we've brought in Della Torre. Um, I don't know that either of them make a difference, right? But I do know that Acosta is not going to make a difference. I do know that Legette's not going to make a difference because we, we have that data. So. Um, Della Torre, I feel like could maybe make a difference, but I don't know. He just maybe. doesn't, I don't yeah. know what's up with that. He's not getting a shot. No. And like, and, and, you know, you can, you can go down the list of guys who like maybe could do a job in some fact, like could Taylor Booth do a job? Probably not, but who knows, you know, like, like we, we need, we need to figure that out because either, either we find somebody new and incorporate them quickly, or we're going to Qatar with Acosta. Right. Like right now, our midfield is starter at Juventus, starter at Leipzig, sometimes starter at Valencia. And the fourth guy is a starter for Venice in Syria. Ah, and then nothing like MLS guys. There's no, not that I can think of. There's not even a midfielder in Europe that is making a push. I mean, so it's, you gotta, you gotta hope for a breakthrough from an MLS guy at this point. Yeah. I mean, you're talking, you're talking about literally Christian Kappas who plays in Denmark. Right. Luca Della Torre, who Greg seems to hate. Um, not you, Greg. I know. Um, <laughs> And it's never max. I've gotten used to that by this point. <laughs> Six months. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and then you have like, just like, 
lottery tickets, like like the Taylor Booths, the the Tanner Testmans, the Paxton Pomacalls, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, so so before we before we go into the forwards and then sort of um, assess this game, sort of in full feelings ball mode, um, I think what we should all be feeling is really good about this sponsor. Look at that. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And we're back. Uh, I, I don't know if a sponsorship got in there. I hope so. Um, it's almost like no time passed at all. <laughs> at so least that one was better than he's been doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so we also had, uh, so, so we had the forwards that we thought we would get, um, you know, or, or rather the, the same forwards from, from the Mexico game, which is Pepe, um, Pepe Wea and Aronson. Um, I thought everybody did fine. I didn't think Pepe was particularly good, um, but he, um, I think he just relies a lot on service. And when the ball doesn't find him, he can't really do much. Like he's the invert. He's actually the, the, the inverse of Josh Corporal where like, if Josh, Josh gets the ball, like who knows, like shrug emoji, but everything else, you know, is going to be like tight and on point and good. Well, there was actually one moment in the second half. I don't remember like where what where it was minute wise, where he found space in the box and was open for a cutback, and then whoever it was missed him with the cutback. It was Yedlin or Aaronson? It was maybe. it was Yedlin. Um, Yedlin. He, he Yedlin Yedlin took it to like dr- brought it back to Aaronson, and yeah. Aaronson wasn't ready because Aaronson thought it was going to Pepe. Yeah, who was wide open eight yards out, so should have but should have gone to Pepe. Um, but, you know, I, I think that that amongst that crew, I mean, Wea is great. Um, yeah, I, I thought that he did a great job. Um, obviously, he had the goal, but it's it's not just the goal. It's like everything else he does is just so helpful. He's the only one really that gets to the end line and puts back, either puts across a good cross or is pretty good at hitting cutbacks. Everybody else doesn't really seem that like you get a lot of those like, crosses that go through the box and roll out for a roll out for a throw in and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and we can, we can talk about crosses in a second, but just to, to take a step back, um, Padawan cannot get the ball on a cross to hit the, the box. Um, like every single one of those went, went far. And like, I, I, I'm not going to pretend to know the pressure of an away world cup qualifier, but like, under hit it instead of over hit it. It's like, if you overthrow your wide receiver, he's not going to catch it. If you underthrow your wide receiver, it might get picked, but it might be a touchdown. Like, you know, give your guys a shot. Um, I thought set pieces were pretty bad this, this game too. Like we had agreed. quite a few and nothing, nothing even remotely dangerous that I can recall. No. And I, I'm sorry. I know Christian probably has the, you know, the authority to step up and hit any, any, uh, free kick he wants but Busio should be taking those yeah yeah Busio does it for his club Christian doesn't Christian is like fourth on the list of Chelsea players who would be taking uh free kicks um 
so so obviously yeah we didn't mention it but christian christian paul Ariola and jesus ferrer all came on um at various points in the second half and did approximately nothing yeah, um, I mean, Pulisic drew a couple of fouls in like semi-decent positions and then proceeded to hit the set piece into the first guy. So, yeah, and look like like it is what it is. Like none of them could bring bring any sort of spark. Um, but, you know, I, I guess like from a certain point of view and, and, and now's time to talk about it, like. It's it's you're sort of playing for the drop at a certain point, you know, like you need yeah, right to- after after we I thought we lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the game. Like uh, Jamaica was robbed. Um, oh, yeah. And if, and if it was any other team other than America, I would be livid. Uh, well, I mean, what was even the call that he like kind of pushed off on his shoulders? Like that kind of like, you know, kind of propped yeah. himself on the shoulders. Is that, yeah. is that it? Yeah. I, I think that they saw him go so much higher than they saw. It was Bailey, right? I'm not sure. I think, I think it was Bailey. I'm not sure. Um, I was watching so, in Spanish, so same. I can't. I put on mute. I cannot do the Vuvuzelas. Yeah, oh, that those was are bad. Awful. Um, but yeah, so like he just got so much higher than than everybody else around him. I think that they assumed that he like launched himself, but he didn't. He just out jumped everybody. Um, Ridiculous athletic. Yeah. Uh, so so I I mean I think that like. You know, obviously, obviously we'll in the future do like a breakdown of where we are after after uh, eight games. Um, as of the recording, we don't know what's happening in uh, Estadio Azteca. Yeah. Nobody else has started yet tonight, I don't think. Yeah. Um, Why in the world do we play at 5 p.m. Eastern on a weekday, by the way? I have no idea. I don't. This is such a weird time. It was yeah. a weird time. It's finally after I move, in which case it's actually inconvenient for me now. <laughs> Isn't Jamaica in the same time zone, too? Isn't Jamaica Eastern? Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 I think, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they should be. Yeah. If they're not, like, it it was at six o'clock and it didn't need. Right. I mean, I don't Uh, don't know. Further out, it'd be like further, further west. Yeah. So, so regardless, the, the decision to have it when they did was stupid. Um, but I, I think that, that, that this game, um, I don't know. I, I think that that XG, sounds right like i think that jamaica over the course of 90 was better i think that over the course of the first 20 um we built up a huge lead in terms of like think, quality and yeah. whatever i think there's an, like an alternate reality where we win four to nothing you know yeah. what i mean where like that those one of those block shots goes in and like the because honestly it kind of looked like the young guys were starting to feel it there for a minute like yeah. we were starting to flow and honestly i thought they even got a little sloppy like they got so confident in what they were doing, they you know maybe miss hit a pass or under hit one or whatever, trying to try to do it. But one yeah, they were really really feeling it there for a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. The one ball that like kind of flew further down the down the line, the way I chased down, you could kind of tell that they were like like it was Pepe missed the first one and then Aronson missed the second one, but they were like, yeah, this is they were it's thinking, coming. This is an epic. Yeah. We're gonna put it. We're gonna put another one in here. And I think that that sort of makes sense. Like, like the younger players, like they, they're, they're confidence players, right? Like, like it makes sense that it's not like you have like a deep well of experience to draw on. So you're just playing on, on swagger. Well, and think about it. Like momentum is such a huge deal watching college football, college basketball, and it's not as big a deal. I don't feel like at least in pro sports, it's, I mean, it's there, but like, I feel like, the you know the 18 to 22 year old guys are just prone to these like huge 
huge swings. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and like, and you saw it a little bit with Busio. like Busio's that one, he, he had that one shot that went just over the bar. Um, yeah, like, that was a nice one. It was nice. And it took like, it takes swagger to attempt that. <laughs> like you have to have like a certain amount of confidence in yourself to even pull the trigger. Um, right. I wrote this a long time ago, but Busio, you know, like this is going to be a super dated reference or whatever, but uh, I, although I guess he's still alive and playing uh, Miguel Cabrera back when I watched baseball, like 15 years ago, when he hit the ball, like he just could hit it better than anybody else. Like a, a fly ball to the opposite field for would be like, you know, a fly ball for some people and he would hit it out of the park. Like he just centered the ball and hit it better than anybody. Like Busio does that a little bit with a soccer ball. Like he just hits it pure. I, I don't know what he does differently than the other guys, but like he just, you know, he's got whatever that gene is that he just hits the crap out of a soccer ball. I'm going to now reference everybody's favorite movie. Just sound of the crack of the bat, you know, get him 150, 200 at bats, get him playing Oakland Day baseball. We'll, 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 we'll get him up there. Uh, um, so, so I, I think that that's like, that's like a fair assessment of, of him. Uh, shout out to the Detroit Tigers um, for signing an actual baseball player, um, actually trying to win games. Good job, Detroit Tigers. Um, they signed uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah, he's a I have no pitcher. idea who that is. Yeah, he's, he's fine. He's <laughs> okay. a above average lefty starter. Yeah. Oh, wait, is this my, I talked about this with my buddy. Is this guy, he has like a five ERA? Uh, he might have this year. He was really he wasn't as good this year as he has been in the past because he. Came I was gonna say, is that good now? I don't watch baseball anymore. Is like no, that he, had, <laughs> he had Tommy John last year, so he was coming back from it. Oh, yeah, okay. so he's he's. I guess it was the tail end of 2019, but like he was starting to get back into it this year. He's highly rated. They're paying him almost exactly what they should be paying him. I like yeah. this a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually at that point where I kind of like. When my wife, when we talk sports in front of my wife, she just kind of like stares blankly unless it's like 1990s Buffalo Bills. That's kind of her sweet spot. Um, but Who doesn't uh, I kind of love Jim Kelly. <laughs> I kind of feel like that now when somebody talks about baseball, I'm like, I, I, I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. Chad Kelly? <laughs> uh, I'm nice. <laughs> um, okay. I, I'll, I'm like that with hockey. I don't, but anyways, we're talking about soccer. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, off topic. Yeah. I'd like to personally shout out whoever in CONCACAF saw some of the schedule. Uh, Mexico going to Edmonton in the middle of November and was like, this will be fine. And let's make it late at night. <laughs> Who will take that? All right. So we have our uh, our good friends, uh, Nick the Gambler and John the Ohioan. I guess, John, you don't really have a nickname. We'll work on it. That's fair. <laughs> uh, Stumpy's still with us. Um, so as we record, it is, uh, 3.15 PM and Mel Tucker is, uh, if he plays the stocks, right, a billionaire. So that's fun. Um, so Uh, he needs to re-release that picture of him lighting up a cigar, either with a hundred dollar bill, or he needs to do it with like a picture of Jim Harbaugh. (laughs) Like, like the hundred dollar bill on fire. Paid. (laughs) I mean, look, like some programs rework their coaches' structure to pay them more because they're so successful, and other programs restructure their coaches' salary to pay them less because they want to fire them. And, uh, you know, you can determine which one is which for you. 
you you do have to think it's kind of a best case scenario for all parties involved. For for Mel Tucker, he's kind of now hit himself in that in that sweet spot where uh, from here on in, even if he does kind of terribly, he has earned himself enough of a payday through a buyout or or a, a level up, or a, if you will, or however uh, he ends up kind of exiting this situation. It is going to be very good for Mel Tucker, uh, assuming he kind of you know uh, crosses his teeth, dots his eyes, and and doesn't uh, uh, do the wrong things. Um, and for the university, as as we we've talked about. Uh, there was not a lot of optimism about kind of who the next man up would be after Mel Tucker. Uh, there was maybe a sense that, yeah, the, the program was in a better place, obviously, than it was uh, when he got there in, in February 2020. Uh, but there was uh, not a ton of, of um, excitement about uh, some of those potential candidates who were lined up behind him. Yeah, I mean... I think the biggest thing is for the for the university beyond obviously retaining Coach Tucker, which is like a pretty big win. Um, this shows like like there was a, like a lot of jokes about oh Michigan State's not they can't compete you know financially with with other schools like oh like they're not they're not they don't have the resources. And I think that Matt Ishbia um, is the resource. Like I mean, I, <laughs> I, made, I made this joke, but having dueling. Uh, billionaire alumni who if we're being honest at least one of which has a severe inferiority complex is going to work out very well for Michigan State Athletics it's not it's not Matt it's it's the other one um shout out to uh the font comic sans for no reason in this yeah. moment. <laughs> no seriously uh we love you Dan please continue giving money and not taking Izzo from us um so the there like there's a lot of interesting aspects of this. Like, does the does the assistant pool expand? Um, you know, does the meritocracy on the field extend to the coaches in the way that the D'Antonio era didn't? Uh, if so, uh, who's going to be the next linebackers coach? Um, very excited to hear about that. Um, or, or no, because I I trust Harlan Barnett. I was going to make a secondary coach, but I trust Harlan Barnett. Um, but you know, beyond everything else, like going into this week of all weeks where, where you have ESPN coming to, to Columbus, um, Michigan state, Ohio state is, is inarguably the game of the week. Um, the headline is Mel Tucker stays at Michigan state. He's the second highest paid coach in America outside of the first highest coach, highest paid coach in America who um, left Michigan state because they wouldn't pay him. So what I'm what, like, so like, learned our lesson. like, like 20 years ago, we had maybe a great coach in our laps and we wouldn't pay him not to go to LSU. We are paying this guy not to go to LSU. If he turns out to be like the last guy, great. Good <laughs> news for us. 80% of the last time or the last guy, great. Good news for us. Yeah. So I, I think like a percentage of Nick Saban would Mel Tucker have to be to make this not worth it. Like forty percent. Um, I think in terms of 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 like entire structural uh, ability, like I think like if you get seventy five percent of Saban, I'm cool. I'm good yeah, with it. Does that mean seventy five percent though in the in the net? Like we only have like three quarters of as many national titles, or does that mean <laughs> we just win like seven games a year? <laughs> Ten. Because I would I think that yeah. one. 
I don't want that one. <laughs> it's net. I was netting it. Yeah. I think we would be satisfied with 75% of the legacy uh, of, of Nick Saban. 75% of uh, Saban on a game-to-game basis would be hilarious. Play shutdown defense for three quarters and then just fuck it in the fourth or whatever it happens. That's uh, basically what Saban's MSU teams were like anyways. Um, <laughs> it's not wrong. And also, just to be clear about uh, like Saban-esque teams, um, it's a super Saban move to have an elite team beat the crap out of Michigan and then go get humiliated by Purdue. Uh, that happened in 1999. Wasn't fun. And then he left for LSU. We're rectifying mistakes. We didn't then lose the second game in a row. We went and beat uh, Maryland, which great. Um, so, so I think from like a, from a university and obviously like for coach Tucker, he becomes the highest paid um, African-American coach in sports history. Um at a school with a African-American AD. Like I, I'm not the person to talk about what that means in sort of a, like a, a grander sense. Um, but what does Tomlin make a year? Tomlin makes eight. Mike, Mike Tomlin was the, was the highest paid African-American coach in sports. He was making eight. Um, and now, and now Mel Tucker is, is uh, past that. Um, and Alan Haller being the, the AD at a school that has had, three or four African-American ADs. Um, I think that, that there, there, there's been a lot of very difficult press about Michigan state's athletic department. Um, and I think that, you know, you can't erase the sins of the past, you know, to the extent that those were the athletic department's fault or not, or whatever. The fact is, is that, um, from, from like a, a pretty cynical standpoint, this is, doing the right thing and being, and getting the benefit from it. Like doing the right thing is paying Mel Tucker. Um, doing the right thing is, is hiring Alan Holler because he was qualified. Um, and you know, whatever, whatever positive benefit comes from that. Great. Um, so I, I think like, this is like a good day for Michigan state. Uh, I would not like them to do the thing that Michigan did where they gave their coach Michigan basketball, where they gave their coach a really big extension. And then he went and lost. Now, did I bring that up just because I thought it was funny? Yes. Yes, I did. Is it relevant here? Yes, because it segues us to the Ohio State game. Um, so now, Seton Hall was unranked in like on the upswing. Ohio State is the established uh, Goliath. Yeah, no, that was not a segue. You suck. Get off here. <laughs> um, so so I, I want to go sort of like around the table. I, I have my thoughts about how this game will and could go. Um you know, both from like a stats are real and vibes, just vibes. Cause, cause I think vibes are really where we want to live this week. Um, so let, let, what, what's the temperature? What's the temperature? Nick, what, what are you thinking going into this weekend? Yeah. I'm just about to look at the line. Like, uh, oh my God. That's, that's <laughs> not good. Uh, Nick, we're going to, we're going to plow through your, uh, your audio is not coming through. <laughs> yeah, you're going to need to log out and log back in big guy. <laughs> Um, so, so we'll, you know, we're going to come back to Nick, uh, Stumpy, what, what are your vibes going into this weekend? Oh, they're not good. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not confident. I just read an article saying that, uh, actually CJ Stroud is, or no, I'm sorry. CJ Stroud was third in line for the Heisman. Bryce Young was first. I was angry either way, but, uh, this is kind of what I talked about way back when, when Oregon beat Ohio state and even that opening game when CJ Stroud looked weak, uh, uh, 
I actually thought that CJ Stroud looking shitty in the first couple of games was bad for everybody else in the Big Ten because it was something that like Ryan Day immediately recognized, oh, this is something I'm going to need to focus on and fix instead of he'll get better as the year goes along. So, uh, and you know, somebody's pointed out that Michigan State is historically bad against the pass. So uh, not very excited to watch to watch that. So I want to I want to mention about the historically bad against the pass. What what they're talking about is Michigan State is giving up more has given up more passing yards and is giving up more passing yards per game than any team uh, since 2016. You know them, you love them. Seventeen. 2017. You know them, you love them. UConn, they're for us. But here's the thing, and here's the crazy stat. Yeah. Michigan State is facing more passes per game than any team ever. Ever. I like a wide margin. Uh, there's never been a team that has faced 45, 46 passes a game. Michigan State is facing 49 and a half. I mean, that kind of makes sense, though, right? Because most conferences, unless you're talking maybe about like a Big 12 defense where everybody runs the air raid, but even then you still have like a Kansas State or somebody who like likes to ground it out on the ground. It'd be weirder – so I think that makes sense because facing an entire schedule of chuckers is sort of unusual. Um, I, it would like, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a big 12 team or specifically Hawaii who's attempted more than 49 passes a game. Certainly. But facing it is kind of a, kind mm-hmm. of a weird conflux mm-hmm. of. Uh, Michigan state turns every team into Texas tech. Like, you you throw the ball 50 times a game against Michigan State and you don't run the ball. So like that whole like historically terrible pass defense is, is overblown. They're average on a per play basis, um, like maybe a little bit below average 7.1 yards per attempt against, which is 43rd in the country. So for like a power five team, like that's not terrible. It's fine. Um, you ignore the teams that they played who typically like to run the ball. Yes. Well, like the thing is, is that it's like they make teams play left-handed and outside of once that has worked, right? Like Michigan doesn't want to throw the ball 40 times a game. They did, they lost. Right. Um, Miami doesn't want to throw the ball 40 times. Like they did, they lost. Literally the only team who is happy to do it was the team that wants to throw the ball 55 times a game. Like Purdue was like, yep, happy to do it. And they did. And it was great. I cannot great. tell you how disappointed I am that Aiden O'Connell is not left-handed. Yeah, that would have been that would have been ideal. Talia Tagovailoa, unlike his brother, also not left-handed. They want to throw the ball, but they're bad. Um, Purdue's not bad. Uh, do you know who else isn't bad? Ohio State. You know who else wants to throw the ball? Ohio State. It's a little bit of a problem. <laughs> um, so, like Stroud isn't necessarily. So, I, I think we have Nick back. So, Nick vibes, vibe check. Nope. Nope. Still, still, still no good. Still gravel, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we, we will have Nick back on shortly, uh, when we can get the technical difficulties uh, going. Um, but you know what, this is probably a really good time for us to, um, get some breakfast tacos. Yeah. Way to go, uh, corporate entity that decided to put in an ad there, if you did. Uh, sometimes it's Indeed, sometimes it's Discover. Uh, I've been pushing pretty hard for Pep's Blue Ribbon. Uh, 
Yeah, tweet at Pabst Blue Ribbon on Twitter and tell them to sponsor us. Uh, or or tweet it at at and like the thing is, is that like we don't need money. Like you can you can pay us in PBRs or like home field apparel. Pay us in misprints. We don't need uh, money. Oh, that's a good uh, Pabst Blue Pabst Blue Ribbon. If you're listening, I will shotgun a PBR on every during every segment if you sponsor us. Uh, I won't because I have celiac disorder, so I can't drink beer. <laughs> Howard. Yeah, that's what it is. So, um, so the thing is about Ohio state, they're not going to stretch you vertically, which plays into Michigan state's defense, which is keep everything in front. The problem is, is that Michigan state uh, is down there from the beginning of the season. They're down three of their top five quarterbacks. Um, Kalon Gervin is, is, was sent to Wisconsin. Um, It appears we might be getting Jalen Berger back as the player to be named later. Uh, (laughs) That's, that's great. Um, we might need a running back next year. Um, the uh, Chuck Brantley uh, posted on, on Instagram that he just had shoulder surgery. He'll see you in 2022. And um, Ronald Williams is, is playing with a bad back. And uh, Marky Lowry is not particularly healthy, which is why you're getting Justin White, who um, are, are, are uh, so if, if anybody here listens to the Press Quarters po- uh, podcast, they keep calling him the white guy. Um, because they don't remember who he is. So they, they keep saying like, oh yeah, you know, like the corner, the white guy, he's not Caucasian. <laughs> so it's like vaguely confusing every time. But Michigan State's out there with a depleted secondary against um, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Jackson. I'm not saying that last name. Uh, not going to do it. Uh, if, if anybody else wants to try, that's their business. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Pass. Uh, <laughs> Get it? It's a fun. Yeah, good job. Uh, also, Ohio. The, the the one saving grace here is that Ohio State, when they play Michigan State, sometimes their coaches lose their minds and stop doing the thing that they're good at. Um, like one time, uh, their coach inexplicably stopped giving the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. That is the same coach who has gone out of his way to give the ball to Carlos Hyde in high leverage moments. I told you we would talk about the Jags. Um, well, uh, you check the weather forecast for Saturday yet. Jonathan? Yeah, it's going to be very cold. Excellent. I, uh, I, uh, I, I think it's that um, the vibes thing is, is really what this game is all about. Because when you look at the data, um, <laughs> it's not going to be fun. <laughs> it might be fun if you like the big plays. Um, and, it, and it will inevitably end up being those highlight films you see in New York City. And, and for the NFL draft in this coming spring, because the, the green and the red just look so nice when they're, when they're against each other. But you have to ignore the data. <laughs> That's all we've learned from the college football playoff this week is, is um, let's not watch the games played and let's just, uh, let's just go with our vibes. And yeah. I, think vibes, I think the vibes are very weird going into this game. So I think the thing is, is that like, if you want to go into like weird historical um, antecedents, you know, Michigan state losing uh, the first game in November to a big 10 West opponent in a weird game that like probably was not replicable. And then going and having Maryland at home, Ohio state on the road, Penn state at home. Last time we did that was college football playoff year. Um, Granted, I don't want to go to the college football playoff. I don't want to play Georgia. Doesn't seem fun <laughs> to me. Um, but I, I think we also do not want Bama. 
We do not want Bama. We do not want Georgia. I'd be okay with Oregon. Uh, give me Oregon. Oh, oh dear Lord. Give me, give me Cincinnati. Yeah. That would actually be a lot of fun. Give me Cincinnati. I want Luke Fickle. Put Luke Fickle (laughs) in the grave. Uh, Tucker smokes a hundred million dollar cigar. (laughs) I think you brought up a great point of, of sometimes in this game, a a top ranked Ohio state team just has that brain fart. And other times, they win by 40. And yeah. so that's how you end up with a 19-point spread, is because either of those is something that I would be uh, absolutely completely okay and not surprised seeing at all while I'm at the game on Saturday, is things being very cold, things getting very weird, and one team coming out playing like it's their Super Bowl and willing to put it all out on the line, and another team coming like their Super Bowl is seven days later and whether they should put it all on the line for that. And I don't know which team we're going to expect to see out of Ohio State. Um, I know since the Oregon game, it's looks like a team that shows up thinking that they're going to end up fifth in the playoff rankings if they don't win by 40. Um, but I also know that that was a team that looked bad against Minnesota opening night, team that looked bad against Oregon a few weeks later team that looked not very good against Penn State less than a week ago against a a broken person. Um, So I don't know. Things could get weird here. And I think it's going to get cold. We're not expecting rain, uh, but we are expecting cold. Um, And And I think, I think the thing is here is, is the only result that I would be shocked at, to be honest, is a close Ohio State win. I would be shocked with a close Ohio State win. I think if Ohio State wins, I think they're going to win by by 25. I like I I think uh 42 to 17 is like not off the table here. Um mm. but I I think that if if this game is close, I don't know. Michigan State has some voodoo. Like I I don't know what's going on with this team. Like there are just certain teams like Mark D'Antonio talked all the time when he was here. I guess he's still here. Um, but you would always talk about that 2002 Ohio State team that just somehow like made it work. And like, they were not the best Ohio State team that we saw under Jim Tressel. They were not the most talented, but they just, Chris Gamble and Vibes was like the theory and it worked. And Michigan State is Kenneth Walker and Vibes. Like that's that's the game plan. It's like flea flickers, sure. Uh, Jaden Reed being fast, great. Uh, Hunter at tight end, sure, why not? Uh, you know, are, are we going to have our, our our fifth string defensive tackle play meaningful minutes? Why not? Sure. Derek Harmon got his his first ma- meaningful playing time last week. Uh, he's three hundred and fifty pounds. Um, and I and and when asked about it, Mel Tucker was like, "Yeah, he's a big body. We we feel he can do the job." And it was like <laughs> like his his way of putting it was like, I, "Dude, he's three hundred and fifty pounds. I'm sure it'll be fine." <laughs> We're not asking him to do that much. Be big. It's fine. Um, but so let's, let's, let's go around um, and, and see if we can get some predictions, get, get ourselves on paper. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on to, uh, to uh, some, some NFL gambling stuff. Uh, I think that we have Nick. So Nick, do we have you? <clears throat> uh, yeah. Can you hear me now? Oh, see, thank, thank, thank whatever Lord you believe in. Uh, we do have Nick, Nick, you heard a lot of vibes. Let me get your vibes, and then let me get your prediction. Um, for Michigan State? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's interesting what you were saying, like, like, so basically you don't think Ohio State can win like a, a lower scoring close game. I didn't say lower scoring. You know, I said State. if it's if it's close, I think that Michigan State wins. I think that if this is lower scoring, Michigan State is dead in the water. <laughs> well, that's interesting because the over-under is, is 68 and a half. Oh, it's still going up. It was 67 yesterday. I think it was 66 and a half the day before. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I mean uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, you, so I think it, I think I think a way a way a fun way to bet on this game because I'm not super confident in Michigan State here. Um, but the alternate spread on DraftKings right now, you can get Michigan State plus fifteen is plus one forty. Yeah. That's not bad. Nope. Because I, it's like you're still getting a key number, 15, and you're getting plus odds. Yeah, so, I mean. I mean, they don't have to win the game. They just have to be within two touchdowns to cover that. So, um, you know, I would avoid the plus 19 and just go for that if you're going to bet on this game. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's not that's not terrible. So, so Nick, you're 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 picking Michigan State to cover plus fifteen. <laughs> I mean, I think they're going to get blown out. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you're going if you're going to do it, that would just be a smarter way. Uh, it would be a way to get paid off for basically kind of the same thing. Right. Okay. So, uh, so, so Jonathan, you'll, you'll be at the game. You'll, you'll be able to, uh, if it goes well on, on Sunday, we'll, we'll have a recap. And if it doesn't, we'll pretend it didn't happen. But uh, what are your, what are your predictions and, and, and a score if you've got one? Um, I, would, I don't have a score. I, I, I I'm going to go in just like very pessimistic and I hope that I'm surprised, but I, I think I agree with Nick. Um, I think I think that it's going to probably end up being a blowout, um, and I hope that I'm wrong. Um, okay. I, I, uh, on the other hand, though, there are always vibes. Um, vibes. And so, if you did have to guess. Uh, I could see a lot of people really upset and confused by like a thirty twenty four Michigan State victory. Um, okay, so Michigan State and the under from Jonathan. Uh, it me person who bet on Michigan plus 19 and a half. <laughs> Speaking of fives, uh, I also think they're gonna lose though. I think it'll end up being like, well, let's say 42 uh, 24, and it might not appear to be that close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I, think, I mean, I think Kenneth Walker can get you some, steal you some points. I think Coglin's foot can steal you you know, a field goal or two, but I think ultimately CJ Stroud is going to, I mean, we, <laughs> like I said, Ryan day has had way too long to just stare at that secondary stare at CJ Stroud and be like, okay, I know how we can fix this. So I, I, I have a, a quick prediction and because uh, sunshine, I'll, 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 I'm actually picking Michigan state to win, but what you just said, Stumpy was, is exactly why I think Michigan state has a chance. Because I think that it's it's a trap. I think you look at Michigan State secondary and you're like, screw it, we're going to become an air raid team. 
Ohio State's best player is not C.J. Stroud. It's not any of the wide receivers. It's Travion Henderson. Travion Henderson is the key to that offense, and he's their best player right now. He looks like Maurice Claret, but fast. Um, and he, he's been the, sort of the, the key to the offense the entire time. He doesn't put up the gaudy stats, but he's still, he's averaging something like seven yards a carry or six yards a carry. Um, he's playing really, really well. And I think that it reminds me a lot of, of what happened in 2015, where you could have given the ball over and over again to Ezekiel Elliott, but you're like, ah, the run defense is tough. Let's, let's air it out a little bit. And it didn't work. Um, granted that secondary was a little bit better than this secondary, a little bit. Um, but I think, I think that, that Ohio state gets into a trap. I think that if, if CJ Stroud throws the ball 55 times, he'll make a mistake or two, um, because he's, he's, uh, he's young and it's a big game. And, you know, everybody knows that, that when Ohio state starts the season, they, they circle their true division rival, the only team that's beaten them multiple times since urban Meyer showed up. And that would be the Michigan state Spartans. Uh, I'm going 42, 38 on some bullshit. Um, like the type of bullshit that like Michigan fans, are going to send videos into the, the Big Ten office about not Ohio State fans, because Ohio State fans, say what you will about them, they can take it on the chin when they lose. Um, um, and, uh, and that's what I think. So let's, uh, let's transition over a little bit to, um, to the pro ball game. Uh, by the time this drops, uh, the, the game tonight is uh, New England-Atlanta, and it has a, a line that I find very, very confusing, and maybe, maybe somebody can explain it. But how how are are the Patriots only getting are, are only giving four points against the uh, Falcons without the Falcons best player? It's and yes. So well, it's not. It's, it's seven. What is it? It's seven points. The line the line is seven points now. Oh, did I? I'm looking at Vegas Insider. Okay, seven makes sense. Never mind. I'm looking at five. Uh. So that's that's the game tonight. I I think um, I think if you can get it under seven, I like I like New England. I mean, I think Atlanta's bad. Um, yeah, I think you 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 maybe would have had a chance uh, for a nice middle here, um, where you could have bet the early line with New England, and then now you could come back. You know, if you got New England by two and a half or something early, and then now you could bet. Atlanta by seven, but um, it looks like the public has just gone crazy betting on the Patriots. Like 80% of the money is on the Patriots on the spread here. So uh, I think Atlanta, that makes Atlanta interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think Atlanta, I mean, to me, it's, um, I, I really like Atlanta's ability to backdoor cover because they, they can't run the ball and they don't try to late in games, uh, which has fueled much of my fantasy football success this year because I have Cordero, Cordero Patterson in, in every league and I'm, I'm doing fine there. Is, he's about to be – he's out. Yeah. He? yeah or he, they're pretty confident he's going to be out. He's a limited participant. So something to monitor um, if, you know, if you haven't bet that game, just sort of see where he's at. Um, obviously our Detroit lions are give are, are getting 10 points against Cleveland coming off of a bad Baker game. Oh, um, so it's, it's more than 10 now. It's oh, more than 10. What, what is it now? DraftKings has it at 11. Jeez. Coming off of the best result of the, of the, of the Lions season. And I, you know, I, I gotta tell you, I think, I think there's a lot of positivity in the air. Oh, eight and nine guys. Oh, eight and nine. 
Well, something that's interesting with this game now is that uh, Jared Goff missed practice today and Tim Boyle oh. took the snaps with the first team. Wonderful. That would be... Uh... I hate to... Yeah, I hate to report that it's it's Tim it's Tim Boyle season for uh, Superflex. <laughs> uh, that is University of Connecticut graduate Tim Boyle. Um, he wasn't good there. I don't know how he is in the He's NFL. Terrible. I, I don't get it. <laughs> He's on another job too. He's already uh, had one job, and now he somehow got a second job in the NFL. This dude is just like like has like a killer resume. Like just like the fonts are all perfect, and it's like very neatly put together. I, I, I give a lot of credit there. Um, so I, I'm, I, I would bet against the lions because that seems safe. What's what do we, do we have the, what's the money line on that game? Um, uh, the, the, the Browns are minus five seventy five on draft. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that game's that's not great. great. That's not great. Um, so uh, the uh, there's one more game I want to talk about, and then we can we can talk about um, the the sort of the you know the the Sunday night and the Monday night. Um, and also keep in mind, dear listeners, that next week is Thanksgiving, uh, so uh, significant amount of football next Thursday. Also, the Egg Bowl, which is much more interesting to me because it's Mike Leach versus Lane Kiffin. Anyways, um, the. Uh, the other game that I want to talk about that's not like a, a marquee game is, of course, the Jacksonville-San Francisco game. Do we think that Trevor Lawrence has a loved one who will throw pretzels at 49ers fans? I mean, he's married, right? Is Trevor Lawrence married? Yeah. Do we think yeah. his wife... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do we think his wife has like a Kelly Stafford arm or what? Uh, I think Kelly Stafford is probably one of the most athletic wives in the NFL right now. She's got three. She's got three daughters between the ages of like three and five. That woman is in shape. She's running around all. <laughs> um, I I gotta tell you, I, I didn't want her. To, she she apologized for throwing pretzels at 49ers fans, and I didn't want her to apologize. I, I, like if I were her, I would just been like, shouldn't have gotten away of of the pretzel. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, the best part of that though was that it came out via an Instagram. Like some Rams fan commented on her Instagram post about the game, and was just like. Like, how dare you? Like, I'm a Rams fan. I'm ashamed. Uh, one of my group chats had a great conversation today about who's the bigger asshole, Kelly Stafford or Jackson Mahomes. Mm. Who would you be more embarrassed? Oh, that, that is a tough one. I mean. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly Stafford. Stafford been a brutal. Uh... I was like, Kelly Stafford called the state of Michigan a dictatorship over COVID-19. But yeah, really, that and throwing a pencil, and, and I'm gonna give her a break because she's had like three brain surgeries. Whereas Jackson Mahomes has thrown things to other fans and then danced on, made a TikTok video dancing on Sean Taylor's memorial. Uh, Jackson Mahomes just kind of Jackson Mahomes just kind of seems like he's an asshole. Kelly Stafford kind of seems like she's the kind of woman who's just like, I don't know, my husband takes care of that. <laughs> um so the uh the the uh sunday night game is mason rudolph versus justin herbert um bet on the chargers i I, I don't know what to tell you mason rudolph is bad but so is ben roethlisberger so it doesn't actually matter wait is ben not gonna be back in time for that they're preparing as if not excellent that's what happens when you get i'm assuming ben is unvaccinated 
Correct. Uh, because he's Ben Roethlisberger. That's what you, what you get when you get uh, COVID as an unvaccinated 40-year-old. Yeah, the line there is only uh, – wait, what's what's the line there? Negative minus five? It's five and a half for the Chargers. Yeah, that feels safe. Um, and then the uh, the Monday night game is is uh, Knicks New York Football Giants versus uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am not going to watch that game. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Tampa Bay's lost two games in a row, and the last one was even against full uh, full game Chase Young. Wait, do we, is this a Manning cast game? Yeah, they're back. Oh, yeah, of course. Great. Then I'm definitely watching because watching Eli Manning uh, shit broadcast. I- Shit on Daniel Jones. Broadcast, yeah, him broadcasting the Giants is my favorite, my favorite subplot because he hates them so much. <laughs> he's just like so disappointed in everything they do. Um, is, it, is it even funnier because he's like, if he shits on Daniel Jones, he's basically just shitting on himself like 15 years ago. Oh, uh, <laughs> they look pretty similar. They had the same college coach. Well, sort of. Um, David Cutcliffe, uh, very, very well established with the, with the Manning game, Mannings. Uh, so, uh, that's, that's sort of the, uh, the weekend as it is. Um, the only thing I've, I've left to, to discuss here before we, uh, before we let everybody go, um, Jonathan, it's game week. What's on tap at Urban Meyer's Steakhouse? (laughs) No, I, I was just thinking that, um, it was a missed opportunity to have done my um, my visit to the chop house, the scene of the crime, but I I am I'm now thinking that I might take some of uh, my friend Nick's sound betting advice, throw it on that uh, that uh, plus one uh, plus fifteen, and uh, maybe take some of those earnings and uh, treat myself to a, a seven and zero margarita pizza, or perhaps the uh, the the crispy rice appetizer at Urban's happy hour. Um, uh, what about the Shelly TV? Michelle team again. Um, there's um, separate restaurants. <laughs> what's my What's my per diem? Uh, we We will We will pay up to and including the price of a Shelly teeny. I'm happy to um, uh, drink a Shelly teeny between now and the next time I'm on the pod uh, using <laughs> said per diem, and, uh, and I will uh, I will report back on my reviews of of not only the food and drink but also uh, the atmosphere. Right. Um, as well. Isn't the Shelly Teeny like with tip like 60 bucks? Damn it. Special thank you to our guests, uh, Ben, Kev- Kevin. Yes. No. Nope. Nope. Didn't have Kevin this week. Uh, Jonathan. After. Yeah. I, 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 hope listen, I hope people listen to the intro and they hear me ask you how many times you've gotten this wrong. And they're like, oh, he can't do it anymore because he's doing it. He's doing it live now. No, wrong. He can still get it wrong. So add one to whatever I said. Uh, but special thank you to Ben. Uh, you can find Ben on Twitter at BL Herald. You can find him at his website, halfspaces.com. Uh, thank you to our football correspondents, Jonathan and Nick. John, you can find at gentrification. It's a gentrification joke. Uh, and Nick at, at electric snuff. I don't remember what the origins of electric snuff were. It was, uh, a, it was a baseball joke that got out of hand and he... Uh, Twitter locked your handles and he was just like fucking out. That's who I am. <laughs> well, that's that's the origin of that story. Um, you can find Stumpy at Mr. Mojo Rising 89. Uh, and you can find me, Asa, but also everybody at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. 
Um, if you add us, we usually respond. Some guy added us the other day to uh, show that he was doing a YouTube like two minute video previewing Toledo versus Kent State. And guess what? He got a retweet. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, we are uh, not on Instagram. We're working on it. We'll get that running uh, up and running shortly. <laughs> uh, special thank you to our friends over at the Touchline Media Group. Um, you can find them at touchlinefraca.co.uk. Special shout out to uh, Blue Wire Pods. Apparently they're our hosters now and they're great folks. Um, special thank you to the Smith Workforce Management Group. Uh, they uh, provide me with all of my income from this, uh, this podcasting endeavor. Um, and a special thank you to you, the listener. Um, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, um, give us five stars. We really appreciate it. And we will see you next time. Podcast Network.